0: This podcast is made possible by The Social Voice Project. I'm Kevin Farkas, founder and executive producer. Stick around to the end of the podcast to learn more about The Social Voice Project, an innovative public interest media company specializing in podcasting, oral histories, and live event recording.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Little Beaver Historical Society's podcast. I'm your host, Dave Holowico. Joining me today, is local historian and Little Beaver Historical Society's genealogist and president of the Enon Valley Historical Society, Judy Foster.
0: Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having
1: me. Today, I invited Judy in because we are going to speak about the Roundheads. Strange name, but you'll understand what the Roundheads were as, as we speak about them here in this uh, podcast. Judy, can you give us an idea what the Roundheads were?
0: They were the 100th Pennsylvania Regiment, uh, all volunteer from Lawrence County, Mercer County, Beaver County, uh, I think Westmoreland as well. And the Roundhead name—it's kind of kind of confusing. A lot of people wonder about that. I had to kind of dig back in my my research from high school. We talked about the Roundheads in England, and basically, um, the name comes from the English Civil War. There were the cavaliers who fought for the king and who believed in the divine right of kings, that no matter what the king said, he was above God. And then the roundheads were the Puritans, Protestants that were opposing that and that only God could make the laws. And so when this regiment was being formed, most of the gentlemen that joined were Scots-Irish Protestant Presbyterian, and they kind of got the nickname from their religious beliefs. Uh, I believe there was a quote that
1: they carried their Bibles into battle. That's right. From what I understand, too, uh, the Roundheads, one of the generals, when it was proposed, and this was during the Civil War, this this uh, regiment was was brought forward. One um, of the generals said because they were all English and Irish and, and Scotch Irish that that they were uh, that they would call them the Roundheads. The founding officer of this group was actually Daniel Leisure, a local doctor from Darlington?
0: Yes, and he had ended up in Newcastle. Uh, he graduated here at Greersburg Academy, right where we're sitting, which is very interesting, too. But yes, he became the colonel of the Roundheads.
1: The, uh, the Roundheads was actually a volunteer unit, and they fought in most of the major battles. Uh, they weren't at Gettysburg, I don't think lost quite a few troops actually in battle. A lot of them came back wounded. And you've done some research recently. You've you've been going to the cemeteries and actually taking photographs of Roundhead's uh, tombstones.
0: Yes. Years ago, I'd seen online someone had posted. In fact, David Welch, he's a Roundhead descendant. And his uh, interest was recording the ones that had died in battle where they were buried and also after the war, the ones that survived. So there's a whole database online and some had pictures, some didn't. But I was able to kind of jot down all the cemeteries. And I thought it'd be interesting to go cemetery by cemetery and find them. And it's amazing how many there are.
1: David Welsh is he's very much into this. He has a great website on the Hunters, Pennsylvania. It's called www. 100thpen.com. He has photographs. He has information about the Roundheads. And you'd be surprised many, many families in the area have relatives that they don't even know about that were in this this group. The reason we're talking about the Roundheads at Greersburg Academy, we are going to have a Roundheads reunion. We are going to actually have roundheads memorabilia. We're going to have experts on the roundheads. And Judy has actually come up with something exciting. And I'll let her explain who who may be coming.
0: It's been interesting with Facebook. I've been posting the gravestone pictures and a lot of folks have been responding to that. But in the process of being on Facebook, you find a lot of other Civil War buffs, uh, people that reenact that do living history and one of them is a man named Ken Searfoss who does uh, General Grant and I knew that the Roundheads had fought at Vicksburg and General Grant was in charge at that battle and I just thought I'd throw it out to him and see if he was interested uh, and told him what we were doing He had never heard much about the roundheads, but he he was interested enough to reply and he put us in tentatively. Um, We're hoping that he can come. We think that would be very interesting to have him walking around
1: among the descendants of the roundheads. We are going to have a wreath-laying ceremony at the uh, Civil War monument across from Gersberg Academy with uh, laying a wreath for all the soldiers lost. We're also going to have memorabilia The committee for the event is myself, Judy Foster, Scott Buffington, Civil War reenactor. He actually supplied all our all our troops and and, uh, reenactors last year for our our troop uh, event in July. Uh, Larry Spinnenweber, a high school educator, an actor. He directed the play we did Soldier Come Home. Uh, Larry's a Civil War reenactor, plays a civilian surgeon. He has a master's degree in the Civil War. So Larry's very educated about this. Jay Paisley is on the committee, local educator and author of our Civil War book, The Huffman Letters. Huffman was actually in the 100th. He signed up at 16 years old, and the letters describe a 16-year-old leaving the farm in Canelton and going to the big world. And you'll find some interesting things. Most of these soldiers could have cared less about slavery, and, and I'm sure Judy can agree to that. They, they, it didn't matter to them.
0: That's right. A lot of people think just because you were from the north, you're automatically an abolitionist. But we know from researching the Darlington area, there was one gentleman that was an abolitionist, Reverend Bradford, but some of his neighbors were totally opposed to what he was doing. And it came to almost a gunfight at one point. So we all kind of have that idea but it's not necessarily true.
1: That's right. Um, What we found was through these letters and through other other researches, it was about saving the union. As far as they were concerned, their president called them to save the union. And that's what they were doing. It had the politics could not have mattered. So also on my committee is Mike Krause. Mike is a very interesting person. He's curator of the exhibits at Soldier and Sailors Hall, originally from Newcastle. Uh, Mike has one of the largest collections of Roundheads memorabilia in the area. Also, by way of, of the Internet, Dave Welsh has, has agreed to help. And also Ken. Oh, Ken Turner. He's on the State Museum Commission. Yes. He is also one of the biggest Roundhead collectors in, in the local area. Um, some other things we have planned for this reunion. And this reunion is not just for Roundhead relatives. It's open to the public. It'll be advertised. We are actually going to have actors, like we did last year, but not in a theater setting, reading Soldier Come Home. Which is, although he was not a roundhead, the soldier in the play had all the same problems that the, the roundheads, getting paid, uh, letters not arriving home. So we will read. We have actors reading the, the show live. It takes only about an hour, so we'll have that. We'll have food. We will have reenactors. We are going to have actual reenactors in uniform, hopefully some roundhead uniforms, and we will have civilian reenactors. And Judy is one. Do you call it, I mean, when you do it, do you call it reenacting, Judy? or
0: Not necessarily because I'm not hardcore. You know, I, I see the people that do it every weekend all summer long and roast in those hot costumes and everything. Um, but I, I do have a couple outfits that maybe living history It's more like it.
1: We've got quite a few people that are interested in coming. I know Scott's got lots of friends and lots of uniforms. Mm -hmm. So there will be a lot to see here. I know Dave Welsh is flying from, what, uh, Washington State? Yeah. He's flying in. He's very interested. We have a a lady that actually came from Cleveland to our play. And she's the one, she is the one that actually suggested this. She came down to see the museum last year and, and, she suggested that we, you know, nobody, that most of these people had never seen Greersburg. And surprisingly enough, Greersburg was the recruiting center, local recruiting center. This is where a lot of them signed up was right in this building. So I've had a a great response. So we're going to have, I'm sure a very large crowd here of relatives And Judy is compiling all the cemeteries and we're going to try to get all the names and where the cemeteries and, but I think also what we're going to do, we're going to have everybody that comes Related, give us their name, address, and try to get sort of a mailing list together to keep these people active. The history of the Roundheads is er a very interesting one. And we really want everybody in the local area to learn more about them. Now, getting off the Roundheads, I want to speak to Judy a little bit about Enon Valley Historical. Uh, Enon is our sister historical site in Enon Valley. Judy is the president. Give us an idea of, of what you guys do in Enon that we we don't do here.
0: Well, Enon, it's a small town. You yeah, know, there's a not, not a lot of things exciting going on there, but we love it. There's a charm to it. And um, my dad's side of the family have been there for several generations. So a lot of history has been passed down from family members that got me interested in preserving the history of Enon. And actually, there was an organization started in 1976 at the Bicentennial. Um, a lot of towns were uh, having celebrations. They had flags made and uh, to celebrate that. And that kind of started the annual Community Day. And that's our main event for the year. But we also have been adding some things Every couple months, we'll have something called Celebrate Enon, where we'll have speakers come in or some of our members will do PowerPoint presentations on different historical subjects. And we've done um, murders, murder trials. You wouldn't think that would happen in a small, sleepy town, but they did. No matter where you live, there's things like that going on. Um, But also like then and now what things used to look like as opposed to today. Um, But there's so many uh, different things. But the Little Beaver Township was first settled in 1796. So we have some information on those original settlers, uh, things like that. But it's mainly preserving that history, passing it on to different generations.
1: Eden had, what, four hotels at one time? We had three. Three?
0: We had the American House, We had the St. Lawrence Hotel, which was the first train station because the Pittsburgh, Fort Wayne, Chicago came through in 1851. So that was the first station as well. But there were three. And because of the railroad and because of people traveling back and forth to Pittsburgh, people would come on a Sunday afternoon to eat at the hotel, and there was another little place. It was a farm down the road. It was called Sunbonnet Inn, and they would get off the train and have a Sunday meal. Uh, When you look at it now, you wouldn't think that would happen yeah,
1: yes enan had numerous stores shoe stores general stores i mean there's not even a store in enan anymore is there
0: not right in town anymore no. no just on the outside but another thing with the railroad and with civil war was the fact that lawrence county did not have a train station at the time of the Civil War. So all the troops came down from Newcastle and all over to the north of Enon to get on the train. So that was, and and all the supplies were coming through, horses and cattle and hogs for food, all the supplies they were coming down to be put on the train to be
1: sent out. So that ties right in with with our 100th because most of them did ship out from Enon. Judy does a wonderful program. She has a fascination with cemeteries. Um, (laughs) She does a wonderful program on the Little Beaver Cemetery, which I actually have an uncle buried in the Little Beaver Cemetery. You actually did one on on the the, uh, Civil War soldiers in there and noted noted, uh, people in the cemetery?
0: Yes, we've done several different ones. There's one that we call Pioneers and Patriots, and that was our first. The early settlers, Um, we have a Revolutionary War soldier. We have a... Whiskey Rebellion militia man buried there. We have two that were Brady, Samuel Brady scouts are buried there. So we were able to kind of take a walk through history, the early, early history, and up to the founder of Old and which was Enoch Marvin, uh, that was uh, an agent with the Pennsylvania Population Company in early 1800. He was assigned to Beaver County, which at the time, Enon Valley. Uh, was part of Beaver County all the way up till 1848 when Lawrence County was formed. So a lot of our history between Enan and Darlington jive together, a lot of similar things going on. We're we're going to do on Veterans Day, November 11th, we're having a ceremony at the cemetery, and it's unusual that it actually falls on a Saturday. So we're hoping that some folks will come out, and uh, we're going to... kind of basically focus on the World War I soldiers that are in there. Right.
1: The hundredth anniversary of the end of World War One. Judy's Museum is a wonderful old building. And what was what was your, your building at one time, Judy?
0: Well it first shows up on the maps in about 1860, but it's been a confectionery shop. It's been a shoe store and there's pictures from the turn of the century that say Enan shoe store across it, owned by Michael M. Bowden. And his family, um, and then there was a fire in 1920 that took out the rest of the block, including the house that the Inbodens had lived in. So it took on a new life and became a gas station and a golf garage. Uh, so they took out the wooden floor, took it down to the to the ground floor, put concrete down. There were grease pits in the back. So we've had to cover those over and we're, we've are we put on a new roof. Um, we've painted and we're just slowly trying to, to fix things up as we go, uh, trying to raise some money. We have a building fund that we were working on, but it, it's a neat old building and we're glad that it was able to be saved because it was that Lone survivor of that 1920 fire.
1: Right, believe me, Judy has the same problem we have at Little Beaver. If you're interested in history and you're in the enan area, contact Judy. She could use your help. That's right. Uh, membership has gone down, but there's so much history. And even though enan is in Lawrence County, they're actually their history is more closely related to us in Darlington in the Beaver County area than Lawrence County. You just had a highway named for a for a uh, Civil War group out of that area.
0: We did. Battery B First Pennsylvania Light Artillery, they actually were based out of Mount Jackson, but we had several from Little Beaver Township that also signed up to go with Battery B. And because of the highway that went between Mount Jackson and Enan, uh, in 1925, it was paved for the first time. There was a celebration. They had a parade. Um, several dignitaries came down to Enon Valley. They had a chicken noodle supper, which they ran out of food um, because there were over 500 people there. And we had seen this newspaper article about this 1925 celebration. And in that parade was a gentleman named Abraham Rhodes. He was from North Beaver Township originally. That's around Mount Jackson. And he had moved to Mahoning Town was a carpenter, pretty well known in his town. And he and his wife got the prize for being the oldest couple in the parade. And when they were talking to him further, he said that he was a member of Battery B, 1st Pennsylvania Light Artillery. And the last time he'd been in Enum Valley was June 8th, 1861, when he got on the train at St. Lawrence Hotel, uh, which at that time was run by William Alcorn, whose two sons went off with Battery B. So when they heard that, they said, well, this should be called the Battery B Highway. He said, this is the way that we came. We came right down this road from Mount Jackson to get on the train. So we kind of thought, well, you know what? That never happened. That never took place. So it's worth asking so we asked our county commissioner, uh, Dan Vogler, Lawrence County Commissioner, and he kind of helped us get in touch with Elder Vogel, the senator, who really was very open to the idea. He loves history. And we just kind of wrote out what we knew about Battery B and and how they went down this road. And over the, the months, and I'm, I can't even remember how long it took, about six months or so, We would hear the play by play that it was in the Senate and the House and and their office was always in contact with us, letting us know. And eventually we did get it passed. Governor Wolf signed it and we've got seven signs that were placed along Route 108 slash 551 all the way to Enon. Then we had a ceremony to dedicate it and we had descendants of Battery B, the fifth great grandchildren of some original uh, members of Battery B got to unveil the the sign. And so it was very meaningful to us. And, and it was not a hard thing to do. I mean, a lot of people, wow, that's that's interesting. But it's because Elder Vogel was so open to that that we were able to get that done. So we're thankful to him for that.
1: I've been by it and it's marked very well. And there's actually a, a memorial what in Mount Jackson there, yes. uh, a stone memorial that explains about Battery B. In that's the right. I know every year you have a big festival. Um, is that continuing next yes, year? Yes.
0: We, we're having Ina Valley Community Day will be July 21st. It's always the third Saturday in July. We found that's always easier, even though we can com- compete with other events. But um, and like Dave said, we're always looking for members because we've had some folks uh, with health problems and and everywhere. All, all the organizations that I know are running into the same things. But we had some people step up last year at the last minute and helped us. And they're, they've they been made aware, but we, we still need more hands on deck. If somebody just takes one little thing to help us that's great but we we have reenactors that reenact cooper's battery b that come from the harrisburg area every year ever since 2008 they come they march in the parade and they set up camp and they fire the cannon uh, battery b was an artillery unit so this all kinds of things the firemen are involved and and we're just thankful for that community, and we want to keep it going as long as we can. We had our 40th last year, so.
1: Well, we want to continue with, uh, working with Enon as we have. Um, anything they need, we try to supply them, and Judy, Judy supplies us anything about Enon that we need. Well, I want to thank Judy for joining us today. We learned a little bit about the Roundheads, and we will learn much more as the months go by. If you watch the Little Beaver Historical Society's Facebook page, you'll learn more about the Roundheads Family Reunion. And if you watch uh, the Enan Valley Historical Society's Facebook page, they post everything that, that Enan's doing. I want to thank Judy. She's a very uh, important part of us here in, in uh, Little Beaver and very important in Enan. Thanks, Judy.
0: Thanks, Dave. This is Kevin Farkas here again. You've just heard a podcast produced by The Social Voice Project. We specialize in podcasting and other creative media partnerships with community-oriented organizations and individuals. We are dedicated to promoting a wide range of nonprofits, community and cultural projects, public history initiatives, the performing arts, and tourism. To learn more about us, visit thesocialvoiceproject.org.